Lindsay. And this is episode 16 of Ningyo Bingo. Where you keep collecting dolls. But never seem to win the game. Um, and recently, as I... Eventually there will be a video coming out that will go over my newly purchased Karina. I've recently come into one of my Grail dolls. Oh my goodness. Yes, I was very lucky, and she came into my life, and she's actually gracing us in my little doll corner right now. She's sexily stretching her hand out towards us, saying, come hither. Yeah, she has this super cute um, purple wig on from Usagi Hime. Um, it's super cute. And uh, lacy it. black panties and a leatherette uh, tube top. Uh, which she's is... not wearing much. <laughs> she's wearing enough that we could probably put it on YouTube and not get like cut off. Yeah. Speaking of YouTube, Becca, we spent most of today um, recording two more webisodes for the YouTube channel that we do have. Yes. If you would like to see our lovely faces. And for the first time ever, my face is in them. Yeah, yeah. She's not a disembodied voice. Um, A disembodied voiceover. That's me. (laughs) Disembodied voice of reason? I don't know if we can reliably call me the voice of reason in this endeavor, but we I'll take it. I, well, I'm certainly not the voice of reason. I started us on doing a podcast, which I obviously can't even manage to do once per month with a release at the first of Look, month. this is not like a twice a week, super timely news thing. We are talking about what we want to talk about. Yeah. And people seem to listen to us, so we're doing something right. Right. Also today, um, I highly um, recommend that you take a look at that webisode because we go into what is a Grail doll and what makes up a Grail doll, and we talk about both my and Becca's experiences about it. But we also, because I had to be in Becca's house to do that recording, we're recording the podcast live together in the same room. I'm poking her. Oh my god, this is terrible. Why did we do this? <laughs> The audio, we're actually fine. We're killing the audio levels, oh god. This was a terrible decision. <laughs> I regret everything. Also, it's really weird because normally when we record over um, Skype and like, like we record like, separately and then Becca puts them together in post, I'm not looking at her face because we don't have video going at the same time because mm. it would kill her computer. So I'm like really weirded out that I can look sideways as I'm talking to the microphone and be like, Becca's actually in the room. Well, you can just like look forward to the microphone and pretend I'm not here if that helps. But then I can't poke you and like ruin our levels. No! <laughs> Damn it! No! I have been given power I should never have had. This is my fault. This is all my fault. You did start it. We have actual evidence that you started it. I swear there was this whole segue I was going to talk about with Karina, how she's all shapely. She has a lot of resin. They made her very, very big and round. And it's right around the time period where I'm hitting my 30s and gaining about a lot more weight than I had in college. But still more You're firm and round. (laughs) Round. Um, <laughs> As you guys, if you if you want to see the, um, it's ridiculous if you watch us on a video together because I am like a good fit taller than Becca is. Yeah, I'm a short, <laughs> I'm a short lady. Uh, anyway, point point being, um, Karina has this nice tucked in stomach. Eiffel House now even has the athletic body, which has like a nice little six pack and all that stuff, and. I'm here trying to lose weight, and I'm trying to gain muscle and burn calories, and 
I certainly don't look like that. Very few people do, which is part of the point, really. Yeah, I mean, they they actually went into the gym and they actually... Because I just signed back back into the gym and they gave me a little... Like, personal trainer free trial thing. And they actually took my body, BMI, body Which they have index. proven is kind of BS, but that's okay. Is body mass index also funky? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of them are. Uh, apparently, um, there was a recent study talking about how the study that led to the, the BMI index business was A, focusing on a different thing, and B, does that hold up to future study about the correlation between the body index and health? Yeah, well, that being said, I want to change how I look. And there's a lot of, a lot goes into that kind of decision that's really tough for anybody of any gender or any sort of presentation or any society because a lot of what society does is try to tell us who we need to be and who we should look like and what we should be looking like. And if I want to look like to be and or from from your automata and or good uh, luck devil or paploa they're not <laughs> it's so much easier to make something look a certain way when you can sculpt it out of nothingness yeah so i'm trying to sculpt myself by by creating muscle so i can burn more calories but then you know so i'm doing all this for fate like glows on me and Karina falls into my life, and as I take off her beautifully sewn clothes, I am, you know, given her a Greek goddess-like body, and I sit there and I go, well, that's an expectation that I'm not currently meeting. <laughs> and then you have to start asking, is this a realistic expectation to be surrounded by all the time? So this is a long-winded way of what we're going to say, we're, we're talking about today, which is body image and ball-jointed dolls. There's a lot that goes into a topic like this. You're going to have to define from the outset who we're talking about and where we're talking about, because all cultures are not the same in how they treat this, good or bad, and value judgment's even hard to do, because contextually, different places put different pressures in different ways on people. And we can't always just grossly apply what we experience, me and Becca as Americans in the Northeast. We can't grossly apply what our society is talking to us and the issues in our society to, say, Japan, which is across the world, has clearly influenced because of the international um, sort of internationalism and all of that that's going on. And then we have this weird thing going on where most of our dolls that we purchase and enjoy and view in our homes are created by artists in Japan and Korea and China, um, primarily, and then brought over here. And some of them, obviously, are influenced with Western aesthetics. i looking at you, Karina, quite literally right there, looking at you. Um, but not all of them are. So it's it, we're going to break it down a little. And whenever we're talking about any studies, especially studies about um, Barbie and other um, image issues for specifically focused on um, people who um, present as female and that sort of thing, we can't grossly apply all of that across every culture in every situation. So we're going to try to keep ourselves as clear about what we're talking about as possible and try to avoid the problem of misapplying circumstances where they don't exist and But also being realistic about how mixed 
and how at this moment, especially Japanese media being so large and these consumers of ball-jointed dolls, how we're influenced by those images as much as by the images in our own culture. Point being, it's a very complicated topic with no actual research directly on this because we're in a subset of a subset in a specific country. Subculture of a subculture that is like in this weird crossroads situation. Right, so everything we're going to be doing is going to be drawing ideas from studies that have been done on different people in different areas. So, really, the first question is, why does this matter? Why do we want to sit and talk about body image and BJDs all day? And what's important about it is that visual media affects you. Yeah. Very much so. Visual, in particular, things that are kinetic, that you can touch and experience directly, impact you in ways you might not even realize you're being impacted. Every image that you see, every news item, every artistic expression is a curated image created by someone based on where like their situation and position in life. And there's a lot of conscious decisions that go into things that seem incidental to your day-to-day life. The woman who is on the cereal box selling you the cereal was went through a curated at least five, maybe even ten people, depending on the size of the company, to curate a very specific response and to create a specific response in you to make you often, often advertisers are trying really hard to make you feel inadequate so that you want to buy their product to feel adequate, which is something you need to be aware of as a consumer in general. But with ball-jointed dolls, they're not only a visual media, they're people. Yes, and and it's important to note that this applies to guys, too, because... Oh, absolutely. Just like you have ladies on, I don't know, grape nuts or whatever, you have sports people on the Taking the protein shake with very little nutritional value. (laughs) And even just on the front of a box of Wheaties, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, Well, the um, power structures that are impacting um, masculine presenting and feminine presenting individuals are different. Because the power, because society sucks, basically. <laughs> um, they, we both, in both senses of the word, everyone, no matter who you are or where you're from or how you identify, are grossly impacted by these kinds of images that are telling you what you should, what the ideal is in any given situation. So I, I do want to kind of break it down into existing studies that have happened. And exist, the existing studies have happened, um, we're kind of going to draw from one and draw from the other and kind of think about the two and how they relate to us. Because we're unique in that we're adult doll collectors. And it's a very particular position to be in. Because there's currently studies on children being affected by dolls yeah, and body image. And there's currently studies on advertising mm. affecting teens to adults and body image but there isn't really as much talking about how visual culture attacks i i'm using fairly strong language there but like go after adults and how that affects you as an adult person because i think a lot of people focus on that very developmental period when you're younger and a lot of the doll happy happy yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) um the doll hobby 
are young adults. You listening to us, you might be 13, 14. And this might be the first time you ever heard about someone talking about the culture around you, sort of insidiously putting images in your head about ideals that may or may not be in any way realistic. So, where do you want to start? You want to start with studies on adults with uh, advertising, or you want to start with... Um... Dolls and children. Dolls and children. Why don't we start with dolls and children and work our way forward? And at the end, we can talk a little bit about how, what we feel might be extrapolated towards adults and people who, like, older collectors. But there's plenty of people in the collection hobby that, the study about advertisements and teenagers, this is you guys. (laughs) There's a lot of people in the hobby in that age bracket. So, let's see. Come along with us on a journey. So... (laughs) There's, there was a dual study. Uh, it was uh, done in 2012 by a British company, Arclu. Um, I'm sorry, I'm reading my notes and it... I can look at her notes. <laughs> it, it was basically... Arclu? No, Arclu? that wasn't the company. This is... Anklu? There was a study. I, I, there I was a study. <laughs> I was trying to get information on the study, but it was locked and I am not... Oh, we don't have research um, library access. No, and my professor didn't have scientific access because he has more of the social... The social humanities end of thing. Right, right, right. 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 This was a scientific study. So there's a study. (laughs) So it was Girl Sticks to Eight, and it was Barbie versus Tracy. Uh, Tracy was Turnblad from Hairspray. I don't know any of these characters. We're our, we are talking about Britain, so this is like slightly one step removed from American uh, listeners or um, anywhere else you might be living that is not Britain. So, so girls with the larger um, doll, the character from Hairspray... Um, Oh, Tracy from Hairspray. She's supposed to be, um, like, um, a more, a larger woman. Okay. Who is sort of, um, like, she's often portrayed, if you, the movie Hairspray, at the very least, um, she's portrayed by, um, a comedian who's a larger woman, and she's, like, a little bit more, like, stout and short. Yeah, which is one of the few places in media where fat ladies aren't discriminated against. Yeah! Yeah. Ha <laughs> 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 Um, so... Girls with a curvier doll, uh, Tracy, experienced more body positivity, and the girls with Barbie showed a higher dissatisfaction with their own body. There was 112 girls. um, That's a relatively small study. So they did two of those studies. One was with the Barbie and the Tracy doll, so that was pretty obvious. And the one was with Barbie and various unfamiliar dolls with the same study size. Um, that being said, a study like this, you have to, it, it takes a while to do. There we go. There's the, cause they're studying, of, aren't they studying the children for, like, do they get them at six and then watch until they get to eight and see how they changed over time? Yeah. That's the thing where I wish I could have gotten my hands on the study so I could kind of see the how study they, directly rather than the abstract. Yes. Yeah, specifically yeah. The, the length of it. it. It was released in body image volume 18, September, 2016 pages 78 through 85. I even wrote all that down. <laughs> we know where it is, but we couldn't get our hands on the actual article, unfortunately. Yeah. So we're talking about what the abstract, which is like sort of the base conclusions. So yeah. we can't go in too hard about like, what if we think the study was valid or how their study methods worked. But the ultimate thing to take away from is it seems like there's a suggestion 
that dolls in particular can highly, like, strongly influence a young person's view of themselves. Yeah, the, the, the name of the study was The Impact of Doll Style of Dress and Familiarity, uh, familiarity. <laughs> on Body Dissatisfaction in Six to Eight-Year-Old Girls. Um, so the, the, the dolls were also dressed in either modest clothing or swimsuits. So they also tried to use that as a, a sort of like, like less covering versus more obvious. This is what your body looks so, like. And, it, and once again, I couldn't read the, the study, but it sounds like the girls, even looking at, um, Tracy in the swimsuit still said when they looked at her, they felt better about their own bodies. And that's a pretty significant thing to say. I mean, we're dealing with six to eight year olds is first to second grade, first to third grade, elementary school as of the way the Americans counted anyway. Um, and that's like when you're learning very beginning spelling, you're learning very basic math to give those of us who didn't have a good idea of what that what developmental stage children are at. There, you're a little sponge absorbing a lot. With very little filter about what you're absorbing. Young children aren't filtering what's coming into them from the world outside. And like, okay, and I want to say this with a grain of salt because they give these measurements. If Barbie was a real woman, we've all heard this before. If we like sized her up to a human's height. And I'm going to use uh, United States measurements because I'm a heathen. Um, We're all heathens here. uh, She would be 5 feet 9 inches and 120 pounds. Okay. I'm 5'2", 135. I am 5'6", and when I was at 140, that's, like, ideal. Yeah. Uh, Her fat percentage would be so low, she would be unable to menstruate. Ah! That's always fun. When your body just doesn't work. (laughs) Her measurements would be 38, 18... 34. That is a full 20 inches difference between the size of her rib cage and the size of her abdomen. And the average actual that's, ladies... That's nearly two feet worth of difference. The average, I, I believe, U.S. ladies' measurements are 41, 34, 43. Which is a difference of seven inches. Yeah, makes a lot more sense. You have organs. You need them to go somewhere. So a lot of toy companies looked at this and thought that they had a moral responsibility to do something about it. Right. Which um, only... Well, there's also a lot of pressure from consumers, to be clear. This wasn't just altruism in companies. It's called Barbie wasn't selling anymore. Yeah, well, and eventually Mattel followed up with curvy... Petite and tall. They made they made an attempt to sort of um, react to what was happening to them. And I and I will say this one thing about the waist and the functionality of the waist. When you have a Barbie doll, yeah, there is a little bit of a, a realistic sort of this is a practicality thing with dolls, isn't it? Yeah, when you have a Barbie doll, and where you're going to have the extra seams is where you're going to have the fasteners, and the fasteners take up more space as well. Mm-hmm. So by making the waist thinner. It means that you don't end up with excess bulk on the waist. When you put clothes on them. Exactly. That being said, we went over this in Is is It Better on in Vinyl yeah. episode. This was not a doll particularly designed to be... Uh, naked. Some, well, it was a doll that was designed to be naked because it was designed to be a joke doll for, for guys. guys in Germany. Yeah. And the it, whole fashion doll... It was sold next to the porno mags and the, the smokes. The whole point... Of the term fashion doll 
is that it was a doll upon which you put miniature versions of the clothes you were selling to sell them to people because we didn't live in an age where it was easy to show people exactly what clothing looked like if you wanted to buy it. And buying clothes, clothes being pre-made in pre-made sizes that you went somewhere and bought is a relatively new thing. Yeah. And the fashion doll said, this is what your clothing might look like. And it allowed you to commission those clothes, which is what you were doing. And the doll part of it was never meant to be really played with. It was meant to act as a mannequin displaying the clothes. And when you're working at small scales, such as ball-jointed dolls, which is where we're starting to get into the subject matter at hand, bulk, like, in miniature... Fabrics on a person are thinner compared to our size than the same fabrics on something that is a sixth of our size. Yeah, if we added a snap and some Velcro in to put our pants on, it's not going to be the equivalent of adding an extra, what, four inches to our waist if we move it up in scale. Yeah, visually and in scale, like, this is... There is a slight sort of other thing we have to keep in mind as we're talking about this subject is that the dolls are meant to show off the clothing on them and they are often designed to take into account the bulk of the fabric on them to try to retain a certain sense of scale with the doll. But regardless... Yeah, Barbies were definitely not designed to be showcased naked. Naked. Yes. But irregardless of the practical end of things, which is a little bit of something you can argue about, there's still something to be said about giving a child an object they can sort of project themselves into that is presenting a view of feminine beauty or any kind of beauty. G.I. Joe is just as just as guilty of this. Oh, yeah. You're projecting yourself into an idealized form, which is extra easy to do with dolls, and children in particular have trouble separating what is real from what is pretend. Or at least they they look at it and they say, well, this is a model of a person. This is what is expected. There, there's less... Um, yeah. They contextualize things differently up to a certain age. So, like, we're talking about young children, and most people in the BJD hobby are going to be ages, like, in your teens is about when you start being able to make right. the money to achieve them to at any age. Anyway. The upper limit is no limit. But that doesn't mean that, like, small children are easily affected. That doesn't mean that us as an adult are not being affected by what we're seeing around us all the time. Yeah, and so we definitely created a market because of Barbie for dolls for children that weren't Children. Like, like, they were closer to a child. Uh, the one I've I've mentioned before, which I have up on the shelf up there, that doesn't make any self- sense to anybody. That's... I can see it. Yeah. I am special. Yeah, I know. <laughs> wait, wait. Poke? Do you want to start this again? Because no. I will start this again. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, um, so it's called Harajuku Couture. It was from circa 2012. Um... It's notable that the first editions were much better quality than the second edition, and they also varied in um, uh, they varied in quality. The fabrics changed and things like that. Uh, the first ones were great, uh, valued around twenty dollars, but the second ones came out. The people critiqued they were cheaply made. 
So there's small bus. There's no presence of the ladyhood downstairs. Uh, ladyhood downstairs. Ladya? They look like they got nothing on. It, nothing's going on. No gendered anything down there. It's fine. <laughs> it's smooth. Um, it's a candle. <laughs> so there's a more realistic waist, and there was flat feet instead of heeled feet. You know how Barbies always permanently walk on, on, on their toes, which is yeah. horrible for your feet. Yeah, I think somewhere there's like some ridiculous size. Like her her shoe size is crazy tiny too. Yeah, I think the cat's clawing at the door because that's normal. Ah, no, everything's fine. Um, <laughs> so these were created by Jack Pacific, and unfortunately they sunk because that second they must have had cost issues and the. The, they didn't hit the right part of the market, probably. And the quality sunk, yeah. Um, they do have cool, realistic eyes where we're very used to it. Um, they called them real eyes, I think, on the packaging. Um, but we're used to inset eyes, but not everybody yeah. is. Uh, as as a um, hobby, that's true. But um, it's interesting to see like how distinct... It wasn't about liking the dolls more. The children felt better about themselves. Right, which is where when we... the I when the thing that they had to look at to say this is what a lady looks like or this is what I might want what I this is supposed to be something I project myself into when it matched closer to their own bodies, they felt better. Now, the Lamely doll uh was made specifically for body issues. That was the primary point. Right. Uh, in fact, they have a, a promotion videos um, where they actually interviewed a bunch of children and even a boy with them. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, actually... One boy. The, 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 to the token boy. The token boy in the study. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they have one girl who's quoted as saying, she looks like my sister. So, oh, that's interesting. So there's this feeling of like familiarity with the doll. Like I can relate to this, right? Like, and usually an older sister or someone you look up to and yeah, you guide yeah. yourself towards. So this doll felt like she could be a goal to to extrapolate. This a is, like especially when you're younger. I think the people you idealize most are like the next age bracket above you. You don't idealize your mom the same way you idealize a, an older child. Right, because the, the, your mom feels like this some unattainable thing separated by time and space, but... A different older, species. <laughs> probably, and but, but your sister feels like someone that exists within the same world as you. <laughs> They're like your next step, so you look up to it. So so the founder of this is Nicolay Lon. Um, Go and, you, Nicolay. And she said, what if fashion dolls were simply made using standard human body proportions? Um, so the doll is based on the proportions of an average 19-year-old girl. Uh, it was launched with a crowdfunding campaign on November 19th, 2014. The Lamely line went on sale. Um, they also have Lamely marks, which feature stretch marks, cellulite moles, and other things, like little band-aids for when you have ouchies. That's super cute! Yeah, so even putting on things we would normally airbrush out in an ad. <laughs> yeah. um, we'll be talking about ads shortly. Yeah, so is there. Um, so with this release in 2014, just a little later we get 2016 Mattel introducing Kirby Tall and Petite. Um, so there's a move in sort of a conscientiousness about the effect of these things in ourselves, I think, in the market of parents. Yeah, so 
So they also have one other notable thing on the website, which is oh. once again for accepting your your female body as it is. Well, let's well, let's just say your body because females are well not always appropriate in this context. Right. Well, females kind of gender binary business, but uh, yeah, accepting but would... your body. Accepting your menstruating body because this is the period well, not, body. Not not all women menstruate. True, but this is for the ones that do because it's the period party. Oh goodness! <laughs> so it's to make women more young ladies more comfortable with the fact that they are suddenly having that blood, blood is a thing in your life now. It happens occasionally. <laughs> For those people who happen to menstruate, that blood is happening to you, and you don't have to be freaked out by it. It no. is natural. It and is just your body. And it's not sick, and it's not the demon leaving you. Oh, Lord. <laughs> the things people say. Yeah. Um, but um, there was, all for the longest context. time, like, a lot of cultures said that women were unclean straight up because they menstruate. Granted, I, I do appreciate it gave women an excuse to not have to do certain things when you probably really didn't want to do anything at all. Um, but yes, the, and, so, the social pressures of it aren't good. I, I did the implications. recently learn that it's not, not, literally not kosher to have intercourse. <laughs> oh. During your menstruation cycle. And I think That's exciting. 10 days after or something like that. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes it's like, um, from a certain perspective, it's like, well, that's not a nice thing to call somebody. On the other hand, it's like wives going, yeah, no. Yeah. Chill. Yeah. You chill. God said, chill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like this. God said, chill. Um, is something I do. Pre- There's like two sides to these sorts of things a little bit. Yeah. But... It's an effort, it's a conscious effort by um, a company to play to an awareness that these things do affect us, especially children. It's easy to talk to, like, make movements about saving children and things like that. Yes. But here's an interesting aspect of all of this. Going back to the original study we're talking about, when a child had a physical object of a person that better resembled what real people look like, they felt better about themselves. One would assume a child would prefer something that made them feel better about themselves. In a yes. vacuum, this yeah. might be true. However, you look around at ball-jointed dolls in general. We look at fashion dolls like Monster High that are very popular. Yeah. They don't... I mean, they're also monster things, which is a different... Yeah. Aside from the monster part... <laughs> They're also, like, exaggerated to such an extreme, which I feel like... Extreme? (laughs) Extreme. Yes! (laughs) Beautiful! Uh, Ah! um, But they're, like, these are the popular images we have. If, on a certain level, there's an implication that these kind of pushed outside of reality proportions, in the end, make us feel less comfortable about ourselves... Who or what is causing us to buy them? Yeah. I think that's where advertising comes in a little bit. Yeah. Brief shout out to Lottie Dolls. British company uh, did a nine-year-old doll, which is even further along. Wow. So rather than comparing yourself to a teenager, you're actually comparing yourself to someone around your age. Um, Came in very skin tones and stuff. Oh, cool. So the, the advertisements... The advertisements. So we're moving up. The study is moving up an age level, but it's still... 
anytime we're talking about advertisements and how they work, it's kind of applicable to a lot of age ranges in general and so, how ads work on us. Depending on where you're reading, you get a lot of different numbers for these things. I got something saying that an average American encounters three ad, 3,000 advertisements a day. Sounds about right, especially if you're watching cable television. But I also saw one that says <laughs> the average woman sees 400 to 600 ads per day. Only 9% of ads... Uh, directly are advertising about beauty. But directly. That, but your advertisement about, I don't know, genital warts might have people playing and being happy and like looking at each other longingly and... Oh, Becca, my genital warts are gone. We can finally go do what beautiful people do. Oh, but just be happy, apparently. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, and, and even when they show people that are like old yeah like i feel like, like elderly i feel like it's just like a vague like they, they made this, that... this blooming excess of light around everywhere that kind of washes out how everybody looks yeah and then like the the hair looks healthy and young and not white it's always like this pepper <sighs> thing there's there's a distinct curation happening with these yeah. ads yes they are never assumed if you are new to this concept this is my advice to you that I feel very strongly about. Never assume that anything you're seeing is by accident. It's it's like... Never. It's like going into Minecraft and the world is completely blank. That's the way an advertisement is before anyone gets there or influences in any way. You're starting with a completely blank slate. A book, a, an advertisement... With nothing on a, it. A film. Nothing is on it. It's a white piece of paper. It's completely blank, which means every single thing that you see is a decision. It's something that somebody decided to do. Exactly. Whether they're fully conscious of why they're making their decisions, that's slightly different. And that's when you have to start talking about social pressures and things like that. But every single thing you see from a carved desk that I'm staring at to a doll I'm looking at from Japan... Was the uh, was is a culmination of decisions made by a human being who is affected by the society that they live in, and thirty percent of television time is advertising, and there is a reason that recently the London Mayor uh, said he come banned negative body images from subways and buses. Yeah. So he's basic. He was basically like, "This is public transportation. This is something we have responsibility over. This is a public work that I, is paid by for taxes. Uh, so I'm not going to have public items cause something that's harmful to to the public. Let alone is the, it's it's paid by public works. Why should advertisers be allowed to have that space without some sort of um, sort of guidelines involved. Look, guidelines and guidelines and restricting things from a governmental end can go in a bad direction, but yeah. Either way, it's it's in one realm. It is censorship. On the other hand, should we not censor things that are harmful to the body, or at least be mindful about what we're telling people all the time? But the the long story made short is that when we're talking about young adults and we're talking about ads. And as directed at them, there is a very visceral effect happening. Yes. It's not just people saying, oh, look, you look at a picture of beauty lady, and then you want to be the lady, and then you feel bad. Which is kind of really what is happening. 
Because models are tall, slim, and light-skinned, and then they are digitally altered on top of it. Um, oh, the Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> um, some researchers believe that advertisers purposely normalize unhealthy, thin bodies in order to create an unobtainable desire that can drive product consumption. That's um, key right there. This was from uh, Eating Disorders, Body Image, and Advertising on the website. Um, circa the year 2000. So, and, and not much has really changed. So, so this was circa 2000 in teen people. Uh, it was like a little study. Little, yeah. Well, I mean, like, granted, you're going to have... It's like, it's a magazine. How many people are going to come back in? Right. But... 27 of the girls in this magazine essentially about image. Teen people. <laughs> this is a small um, yeah. small sample size. but Yeah. The girls felt that media pressured them to have a perfect body. And by perfect... And perfect, for the record, is a very variable meaning. Right. right. But in this, in this realm, I'm going to say the perfect body would be what you're looking at in teen people, which is that model body. Model shape. Yeah. That impossible... Literally so impossible that the only way to create the image is by manipulating it severely using um, using a digital product. So, so by creating this image that makes people feel like they, they need a product, they then yeah. create the need for the product. Um, a lot of advertising in the modern day, and I think actually Mad Men is a really great series, like television series that goes into the creation of the modern day advertising company because we they literally like it is a thing that somebody sat down and decided was i can sell anything if i create the need for it yes if i manipulate how people see themselves in the world to make them think that they need something that might be impossible particularly if it's impossible because then you'll never stop needing the product then yes. i can sell a product to you 75 percent of normal weight women think that they are overweight and that's very significant if you think about it this was all from a uh, healthyplace.com i believe i found this information yeah. so like so like me my BMI and all that stuff. Yeah, which is I'm, kind of BS, but that's fine. <laughs> BMI is BS. BMI, BMI BS. BS. BSI? <laughs> and bullshit index. Oh, my bullshit God. index. There we go. I like it. Um, anyway, so on that scale, I am in the average. Yeah, you are perfectly fine. But Squints hard at you. Yeah. You are fine. <laughs> I know. But I want And you're to trying to obtain an impossible invisible fiction people i'm not no i'm just i want more muscle and more muscle mass isn't bad that I is not a bad thing i want about. more muscle mass and i want more endurance That's that right. is okay yes I want but to. like this conversation um now we're sort of talking about like it is demonstrated in studies in multiple places most of the studies we've been talking about are from britain is that things such as objects that we see as art pieces or as um or even in a more simpler way as a child's doll do affect how you feel about yourself and if we are individuals who are deeply passionate about collecting dolls 
which are formed out of this pressure cooker of society and expectation. A lot of those expectations artificially created by advertisers who are trying to get you to buy into a certain thing that works for them commercially, but does not consider how you're healthy, you being a healthy person. There's a, a place where these things meet that affects the hobby. Both in how do the images that we are so excited about affect us as consuming the image and how us making them what that reflects in ourselves. Yeah, so how do I feel or how does a collect how does having an image of an idealized person, a sculpted idealized person an unrealistically sculpted, sculpted person because resin never squishes. Um, so we've been trying very hard. Sitting, well, there there was one exception, but I'm never going to remember the name of it at the moment. Well, we'll, we'll talk about squishy squishy dolls <laughs> another time. But yeah, like first of all, Tavoya Flexi Body. They actually had that, oh, the pieces that go. came off, so you could actually fold squishy. it into each other. It wasn't squishy, but it was. Oh, there were, you literally chopped a chunk off of the cat. Yeah, it, and it actually removed came. It. That was actually the one doll that I saw did a Seiza that it was like truly we looked right because we had to remove resin because resin doesn't move out of the way. Right. A resin thigh does not spread when it sits down. <laughs> no. No squish. There's no squish. So, so that's a first layer of issue of about um, like how you look. Yeah. So, so how does looking at this idealized image every day affect you? I mean, like, if advertisements like, affect you, how, how does this do that? Especially when we're talking about advertisements, our images around us all the time, trying to tell us who we are and who we should be. Um, not always for the best reasons. We love these objects. We project so much of ourselves and our creative energies into them. And we project upon them what we sort of desire. The thing we're projecting on is, from the start, an unrealistic expectation. And it's... And I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I was sitting here and thinking about it, and I'm like, okay, well, in reality... How are unrealistic are these ball printed doll bodies? Because they don't. No, we do look. have some vaguely humanoid proportion things. Yeah, but they they definitely don't look as bad as Barbie. But so I said, okay, how do I how do I check this? And that meant a great journey into the deep internets <laughs> and looking a lot of uh, Wayback Machine, looking at Den of Angels, finding old documents in Google Docs. Oh, Some of the old charts about doll sizes is like just art. Don't exist anymore. It's sad. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It was very upsetting. And a lot of the dolls in that chart don't exist anymore. anymore That's true. The companies. Things have come and gone and changed over time. Yes. Um, but. Point being. Um, so what I did was I took the average height well, I was looking at the average height in 2010 in the USA. 2010. 2010. 2010. Which was <laughs> 5 feet 4 inches or about uh, 63.8 inches. Um, and I was comparing it to the average 13-year-old uh, because that's the 13 um, in Asia and things like that. So... All in all, in the end, I came out with this little median size, which is a, a woman of five feet, three inches. And I said, okay, 
if I have, um, I, I took a, several popular brands. If I have a Volks SD13, a, a Lutz Delph, the old ones, a Fairyland uh, a Cerberus project, the new uh, uh, Fairyland 60 centimeter uh, Fairylands. Mm -hmm. um, and I did a Dolphy Dream a smart doll yeah and a dolphy dream dynamite for obvious reasons oh man i kind of wish now you'd looked at a doll shop doll mm. which is a whole different they're so abstracted i feel like i feel like it would be but there is still an issue in their abstraction and body image but we can get deeper into that as i am i am always distracting becca from what she's trying to say yeah i mean <laughs> I feel like the the doll chateau and their uh, abstraction and things are similar to the Monster High in their way. Yeah. They're, they're... Well, let, let's focus on what we're talking about. Okay, so so what I did is I tried to say, okay, if this is in scale, if their height is truly one third of a human being. Well, if their if their height in centimeters equals the height of five feet three inches, yeah. what does that mean for their bust, waist, and hip? Right. So here's what I found out. Um, for Super Dolphy 13, 23.7, um, I'm sorry, 26 centimeter uh, bust, 23 oh, centimeters. Oh, centimeters now. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm saying that. 26 inch oh, bust. Oh, we are in inches. 23 Second. waist and 28 uh, hips. So, so, they, so the morphology isn't too extreme. That's a fairly petite person. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Remember what our average was? Nope. 41. <laughs> I don't keep numbers in my head, I'm sorry. 41, 34, 43. As your average human being on the face of the American Earth. And that being said, <laughs> what is that thing that everybody throws around as the ideal woman size? I don't even remember. 36, 24, 36. 36. So, Which is know. also, like, that is one of those nasty, insidious advertisement things, but anyway. Yeah, so that, hour, that hourglass shape. So this, this woman that is slightly slenderer on the waist, but doesn't have as much of a, a, a chest or a hip, which makes sense, because the SD13s are kind of trunky, right? They're also supposed to be a 13-year-old child. Yeah, so there's actually not much variance there. Okay, let's move on to Delph. Um, 26... 19, 28. 28. That's, uh, that's a 7. That, that's still a very petite person, which you could argue is sort of expectable in, um, a, like, <laughs> we are giants in America compared to most other places, and I think that's slightly attributed to um, growth hormones and milk, but that is beside the point. But we're um, still getting to the point where, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the, the, the height may make this better, different, but I feel like Barbie's waist in translation was 18 inches and this is only one bigger that's a really tiny right person yeah. and tiny people exist yes <laughs> but, but this is not a tiny, tiny person. person this is this a five foot five five person. foot three person with a 19 inch waist yeah which is not much there i don't think that's actually I'm a sure, healthy i, I mean i'm sure for some certain body types that is healthy but yeah it's just some people are longer than others but yeah um, in general like we're dealing with um, what were what was any, were there any other that were particularly like whelp when you looked at them? 
number. Okay, so let's look at the some of the other extremes, which but is the what? smart doll and the Dolphy Dream Dynamite. Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see how this compares to the Ipple House, supposedly more realistic person. So the smart doll and the had a 17-inch waist, which... Um, Lordy. Which an inch smaller than the Barbie, but their like bust is like twenty seven. So it's like a full like nine inch difference, which isn't like I guess super huge. I, then, I have a very hard time guesstimating these. Yeah, things, and but... it's around the same thing with a Dolphy Dream uh... Dynamite, eighteen inch waist, thirty inch bust. You poor poor person. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's not a fun existence. So the so the mm. interesting thing is now we can jump on to the elder eyeball house. I doll. guess we should have done things like percentages and things to compare them more easily. But but yeah, in, in, in general, there's a vast difference between the way a fairly much... unrealistic expectation via the amount of chest involved versus the amount of anything else. <laughs> yeah, the 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 waists tend to be very 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 small, and the busts. And Unrealistically the, bouncer. Yeah, very much larger than the waist, with the exception of the SD13, because those early Volkses were very trunky. Exactly. And they yeah. tended to be um, representing children, whereas like the smart doll and the Dolphy Dream are meant to represent... Huh, I should have done Who that. knows what age they really want them to be? <laughs> I should have, I should have done a adults uh, a SD16. That would have been interesting. Because I did the Eyed, and initially I did the Eyed with... The I being the elder at the house doll. Um, I, I initially did it with the, the height of a 5'3 in translating it, and then I realized that I don't think that's what they're representing. They're representing a, a very statuesque person. So I, I was then looked up what the average height was for a model. model. Ah. Which is 5 feet 8 inches. That's taller than me, and I am pretty tall. You are pretty tall. So... Um, then we get 35. And model culture is a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> 35, 23, 35. Which is very close, close to 36, 36 24, 36. 36. So, so like, they're, they're, but, like, the numbers help prove scientifically that what we're looking at in the dolls, even taking into account the whole issue about clothing and bulk on the doll and representation and blah, 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 blah. We're not dealing with body types at all that are in any way really realistically attainable in most circumstances. I think in a lot of ways, like early, like your basic SD10s and 13 Volks are the least problematic. Yeah, because... Because they are meant to represent young adults... With a more, with, where, I mean, not all of us grow up to have the voluptuous chest, nor should we. But, like, they're coming from an aesthetic that matches more closely, like, an actual stage of human development. Yes. Whereas, which is interesting, because they are, like, some of the first BJDs. And as we go down the line of more and more modern dolls that are being, with very different audiences. Yeah. We're seeing the exaggeration increasing and increasing and increasing as an image of a desirable person that we are literally buying. Yeah, and I feel like as we get closer to the dolls representing adults, first of all. Yeah. So we went from a 10-year-old to a 13-year-old to a 16-year-old kind of with the vault. There's a jump somewhere in that age range where suddenly the proportions are much more exaggerated. Right, and as also as we change our aesthetic, so as we went from the very round faced, uh, round faced, exaggerated young. aesthetic to the SD16 and the Elder Eiffel House doll aesthetic of the 
more realistic it, the more realistic the doll, I feel like the more we look at it and we compare it. To ourselves. Yeah. Because instead of it being a doll that we are taking in as a young person that we want to take care of. Or even as a piece of art that's very exaggerated. Because we're distanced from, like, sort of the world it's representing, it's easier to kind of maybe split ourselves off from it as adults. Right. Whereas as a child, in particular, a child would probably relate harder with that image. But then we're taking what are supposed to be adults and what the, and the hobby's always been really interested in like older, as the English speaking American hobby, to be clear, has always been interested in a more statuesque, older, more pro- adult proportionate doll, which is interesting now that we're talking about it in this context. The more, there are, like, I can think of very few, if any, BJD that are intended to be adult female presenting people. That aren't voluptuous. Yeah, there's there's even some that are built to be uh, rounder and more heavy set, but they're usually either custom orders. I remember one specifically with that. Uh, what was that? The, the company that did all the mini me's. I don't remember. Anyway, they did. <laughs> I don't remember. I can't remember anymore. I often do, but I don't this time. Um, they, need, I need more. There was one group order where they were actually working on a muscular, like a realistic right. muscular yeah. female body. I think that's another another angle to take is if we look at, a, like if we opened up a browser, most of the major companies, and we look at what this womanhood, like what does presenting feminine look like? It is a tall, long-legged figure with a, with like maybe broader shoulders, but the rest of the body is soft. Yeah, they, there is no indication of the muscle mass that would be healthy on that adult. To the fact that the initial release of the, um, the SD16 girls had the angular Shoulders, like shoulders, and they yeah. wanted, and apparently they had a desire. Ayase was released with the new shoulders that were more rounded because the Japanese market didn't like the wide shoulders. Apparently, yeah, that. <laughs> so yet again, I can't escape Amy Ayase. <laughs> yeah, this keeps happening to me. Um. So so yeah. Um. So there's, like, a lot going into these things we're consuming, and they're also being made by people who the consuming market wants these things, so they're making them, but why do they make, is, why is this beauty to them, is another question. And I think an important thing we can't avoid when we're talking about body image, all these white chicks and all these white dolls. Yeah, kudos to, um... To, to Eiffel House for making the first one that I can think of, which was notably a woman of color, which is Kokori. Yeah. Where her facial... It wasn't just a doll with darker skin. It was a sculpt yes. that wasn't either um, Asiatic in some variety or um, Caucasian in some variety. She looked definitely um, African in descent because she had the higher jawline, flatter cheeks, the, and drawn nose and mouth. Beautiful sculpt. Love that sculpt. People loved it because, but like the question, like, and we've been seeing a lot more people 
making willing to make sculpts that are more obviously diverse. Yes, and then, which is awesome. I'm really for this. Yeah, and, and obviously there's there's limitations. There's a reason why um, when Delft did their tan skins, they were limited, which was it was harder to work with the darker pigments in the resin. Mm, yeah, there is a certain like logistic angle to a darker skin tone, but wouldn't we be more willing to figure out those logistics if there was the market for it? I don't think it's a lack of market. Uh, I think there's a lack of representation as that's a like I there is plenty market from what I've seen of people reacting to these things. True. People love seeing something like that and there are studies on the effects of um People with darker skin tones being surrounded by images that in no way reflect their reality. And there's a lot of issues there that I, unfortunately I don't have something I can quote directly. That is a very distinct thing. And I think it's very important for us to at least acknowledge that there's something potentially problematic in the BJD hobby's overt focus on white skin resin in certain circumstances. I mean, like, it's called beauty white. Yeah, that's a problem. Like, it's, well, like, wow, this is how, like, the, the, what is it, how it's normal skin, yeah. and normal skin is sort of a very pale. Pale, yellowy, and then there's beauty white, and then there's- Beauty white. There's sunlight skin, which implies that it's a tan, but like, normal- But it's not a deep tan. <laughs> no, granted. This was terms coined by Volks, which is, in Japan, which was in reference to- the average, but even in a Japanese. Japanese context, which is this is where we're talking about. You have to be careful with the cultures we're talking about when we're right. applying to it. There are studies in Japan about the effect of skin whitening and um, yes, there's skin products. Just kind of scary. Anything that has like a certain oh, I forget what the acid is. There's a certain type of acid in a lot of Asian beauty products that literally takes off a layer of skin hmm. because it then removes a layer of skin to reveal a paler. Version of the skin underneath because of the reaction of the acid to your skin, which is where why skin whitening products work. It's literally acid, which um, should disturb you as much as it disturbs me. Um, but like, there's a whole thing going on in that cultural sphere where the term beauty white doesn't surprise me and is problematic, perhaps on a different, different way. Yeah. But in a way that we can't directly compare to the American situation, but it's definitely very there. Yes. And in many cultures, there's some sort of um, vertex upon which this is problematic, but like terms like beauty white, normal. But I am proud that at least with the name of most skin tones, they don't go into the really stupid food thing. Oh. Which people will do. Like, Vanilla. her skin... Was like cinnamon and ice cream. Like that, that is just like, that is a whole problematic range of describing I, people. I think that goes right along with describing eyes as orbs. Yeah, but like more racist. You. <laughs> Her chocolate skin is like, don't do that. Don't call. No. No. <laughs> but like, I mean, at least it's like, it's tan. Deep tan. The serotonin ebony. levels in her skin were appealing to me. Yes. <laughs> but, like, at least in that terms, it's, like, partially because we're dealing with some translation issues and loanword shenanigans, 
But I'm glad that, like, there isn't been a certain type of trend in the naming of darker skin tones. But, like, that is something we have to be aware of in the hobby. Like, this is not coming out of a vacuum. Well, let's take Apple House. Yeah. They're, they So they had their old skin tones, which included, I, th- I can't remember if they called it chocolate or whatever. But, <laughs> but they had the skin tone that they used for Kokori. But now they have what's called real skin as one of the options for default. So what is real skin like? Real skin is kind of like my skin. It's like an olivey because with an olive undertone, right? So it's yeah. a little deeper, darker. So their real skin is almost a match for the sunlight skin I found in both. I, I haven't had them both next to each other, yeah. but just looking at them visually, yeah, they kind of catch the light and the shadows in the same way. Yeah. So it it looks pretty close in my brain. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's good to move away from, a, like, the normalization of white as default is important in yes. any situation. And the doll hobby is not somehow immune. No. <laughs> no. And it's it's very cool that they're getting more of these and that they're and being But people able... are excited about it. Like, it, it, it makes me happy to see people excited to see more diversity in, say, Ipple House skulls, which are generally based off of, like, real people. Yeah. You have Twigling, Twigling who um, does beautiful... Um, faces of various types but there's also like this other insidious thing which is sort of related to this where the commodification the way people talk about dolls with darker skin is sometimes not great yes they present it as the other which is my favorite thing so, ah! <laughs> so by creating something that is not like you, you create something that is, um... And you being a white lady. Yeah, or, or Asian people looking at David Hasselhoff or whatever yeah. way you want to well, look like, at it. Well, like, there's there's a tendency in culture to define what you are by pointing out what's different between you and other, with a capital O, people. Yes, and it becomes, oh, what's... What's that word? It becomes um, foreign and interesting. Uh, exotic. That's the word I'm looking for. The, the exotic. word exotic. If I never see the word exotic used again, I will die a happy woman person. The only I will place, die happy. The only place I want to see it is, a, what is it called? Something exotica on a DDR. That's a good song. Yeah, that's a good song. Um, but, um, but it's like the way that the hobby talks about diverse sculpts is something that we need to be mindful about as much as anything else because guess what our hobby isn't just white people no it's very it's very much not just white people and it's not in in any sense any sense of the world just from the vague fact that like you know japan asian people and to be clear like i'm a white lady i know i'm a white lady i know my life is problematic i deeply apologize for that but (laughs) i try my best but, um, there's, like, like, can we just not, like, the there's problematic things coming from our society when our society is trying to tell us about ideal forms that we need to be cognizant about, especially in a hobby that focuses on human forms. Yeah, I'm seeing more now, like, light brown, dark brown, things like yes. that. Which is a it's little nicer. so cool. Um, olive and things Around. I'm yeah. really happy that Ipple House is making it easier to obtain those kinds of variety. Yeah. Because, like, 
a lot of the world isn't white people. Most of the world isn't white people. Yeah. I mean, There's a huge market for it. Like, if you just want to be commercial about it, there's a huge market. And it's kind of funny. We make all this difference all the world over yeah. what is exactly, essentially, an evolutionary adaptation to... The amount of sunlight. We, yeah. We, we yeah. Just, the closer just you are to the thing. equator, the more serotonin in your skin. Imagine that. Amazing, because the sun will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> we need it, but we don't need it. <laughs> further away you were, you the less you had. Yeah. Of course, then people mix and match and imperialism and kill these people. And, and there's like and, a large um, population movement and the false idea that black people didn't exist in Britain in the 1600s, but they did. Yeah. There's this whole thing going on. But like, all of this comes I mean, back to, I mean, yeah. Like, uh, the more. Yeah. Like, where do you think he came from? What do you think that means? So, so I didn't realize this the, the first time I read through Shakespeare, but then somebody actually explained it to me. And that's part of society there, is you didn't know. Yeah, no. That I'm, was the image in your mind. Yeah, I, I'm just... Like, like I was halfway through reading this thing, and then they're like, they're, they're like yes, and more than me this is. And I'm like... Because <laughs> there's like this narrative, but... The ultimate thing is, is body image and, and BJD, like, you have to think about it because it's not just, they're as much of a, they're in your life. They're things that we put on a pedestal because they're beautiful. But what is beauty? Yes. And why is that what is beautiful are important questions to ask. This isn't saying you can't enjoy them as pieces of art. Yeah. But perhaps don't just... I want to give you this power to not just to be able to look at what you're looking at and give you the ability to choose whether or not to absorb it. Yes. I, we just want you to, we, if anything, we want you to walk away from this episode with the, the ability to look at your doll and consider this one extra aspect about it. Yeah. It's in your life every day. And feel good about who you are and what you look like no matter what it is. And if your Eiffel House doll is, is quite curvy and pretty and has a flat tummy, it's okay that you don't. Because That's normal. The doll is not normal. <laughs> the doll is not normal. The doll is the, sculpted. Doll doesn't the doll was made by a human being who was projecting onto what they were making what they think beauty is. And what they think beauty is might be affected by a wide number of aspects of the world that may or may not be good for you or them. Yeah. So think about, don't, don't just blindly take it in. I want to give you these glasses you can put on. You can take them off to enjoy things and put them on to enjoy things differently. Yeah, and here, here's the glasses for this one. For me, to get a tummy like Karina... Doesn't exist. Um, ...requires me to eat less than 1,500 calories per day. No oh boy. Work out four days a week with cardio and weightlifting. That's assuming that someone lives a lifestyle where they can afford to do that. And that is at least 30 minutes to an hour each of those days. Yeah. And that's after my somewhat active lifestyle of being at a job um, where I work on my feet for eight oh, hours. And that's not something that you should be expected to have to live up to. Because when you get home, you also have to, you might have had a family. And you might need to, like, take care of the kids, bring them home from school, cook dinner, clean the house, work on the car. Who knows what kind of life someone is living. Fix the screen door, work on your other job, work on your podcast, all these things. Is other things that you need to do. And honestly, 
most people don't have time for that and they would much prefer to put the time into something that they found more mentally stimulating or perhaps relaxing so they can get on to their next yeah. part of their day or sometimes even their second job. Or a third or fourth, considering to... what your situation might be. Exactly. And not everybody can afford or able to. This is an ableism thing too. Like how there's people in the world who this is just not something they can do. Their body won't do it. They will just break. <laughs> and yeah. that's not a, that's not their fault. No. That is not, it doesn't make you any less a valuable, beautiful person just because we project beauty onto something that is made out of plastic that can look whatever we want it to look like. <laughs> and I have a special charge for all the white folk because white folk have to talk to white folk about being stupid and idiots <laughs> all the time. Just think a little bit about why you think something's beautiful and what's telling you it's beautiful before you open your mouth. <laughs> Yeah. Also, fun fact: all those, all those wonderful statues that were made in marble, a lot they of, were painted, <laughs> and a lot of them were painted with dark, like Mediterranean-colored skin because that's the area they were from. There's a whole interesting thing. There's a good article about the depainting of marble statues. Yes, and so uh, at least one video. Yeah, and it all plays into this very kind of terrible sort of complicated thing about skin tone and beauty and projection of good and evil on things and all sorts of things that aren't very fun. Uh, point being, if you have some uh, thoughts that you want to talk to us about or think we should elaborate more about. Or did time, we get something horrendously wrong? <laughs> or do you remember the name of the gosh darn company that I can't remember that did the oh, mini me's? No. I can't remember. I can't remember either. Or if you, um, like, if this, if you feel it affects your life and you want to share that conversation, because we're just, I'm, I'm just a white lady trying to make the world slightly less terrible, but <laughs> talking about BJDs, which I love more than I should and spend too much money on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can contact us on Twitter, Gmail. Uh, we also have a YouTube account. On Facebook. YouTube. I also have a blog spot and our website. Um, so all of these are Ningyo Bingo. N-I-N-G-Y-O-B-I-N-G-O. And our email is at gmail.com. We love comments. We love people talking to us. We like singing in a sing-song voice while we talk about stuff. Yes. <laughs> all of these things are true. Um, but... In particular, especially about a topic like this, I would love to be told I am wrong and how I am wrong. I I can only do so much in my life <laughs> to be uh, correct. We, we but, are we. This is not what we majored in. This is not our day to day job. Kind of majored in. Well, this is not what I majored in. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end of the day, like also before you say you're completely wrong, think a little bit about why you think that and what's it, like. Do it. Do it. A visual exercise. Hmm, why do I think this thing about beauty is beautiful? Who told me that? And why did they want me to think that way? Yes, and then think if there's a peer-reviewed study with enough research that you can actually get onto the study and like look into it and see if they so actually having practice, to read the abstract. <laughs> practice large <laughs> methods and you know, so you can analyze it and see if they actually did their job right. Yeah, but regardless, <laughs> we'd love especially this topic, we'd love to hear back from you. But at the end of the day, 
When you're looking at that sweet, sweet dark brown skin from Eiffel House and you just want to buy the Karina all over again in the most beautiful color because it catches the light really darkly and to be yeah. honest, when dolls are concerned, more pigment I do like better. <laughs> <laughs> Remember to keep on collecting dolls. But keep a budget. <laughs>